the with the joke. Okay. Please. Um, so I don't know if you guys heard of this football club called Lion King FC, but they've got a great start to their season with a win away, 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 a win. Anyway, um, on that dire note, welcome to the latest episode of the Kickabout Podcast. My name is Ben. I've got my two co-hosts, Jack and Matcha Boys. Say hello. I don't know if I want to respond to that, seeing as you didn't respond to my joke. <laughs> Special guest, our local resident Liverpool fan and um, childhood friend of hello. mine, Owen Gill. Say hello. <coughs> Yay. Woo. Right, so now everyone is comfortable with everyone. I suppose we should um get into proceedings. But before we get into the main proceeding, I just want a um, moment of silence for Southampton, okay? Okay, who wants to go first? <laughs> About the Southampton game or...? Northampton game, yeah. What is there to say? Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, my personal experience <laughs> with the game was I was not watching it. I was um, I was playing mm. FIFA, uh, but I was following it because I had Bruno nice. Fernandes as captain as my fantasy team. Oh. And I was getting quite worried because he didn't do anything until the 60th minute and then he got two assists and a goal. So buzzing about that in the end. But yeah. um, that red card was Solid. harsh on Bednarek. But I'm glad it happened because my friend who just yeah. overtaken me last week, uh, Nick, oh, yeah, listens, he had Bednarek in his team, so he's lost seven points for that. Get in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but... Sad day for Southampton. I feel for them because they've got a lot of injuries and they actually do play well when they've got their squad together, but they just don't have depth at the moment. That was just quite a good comparison, though, to this in a game of FIFA because that's just what it looks like. It just is a game of FIFA. The um, I mean, you got a feel for um, poor little Alex. Two minutes into his full debut, red card. <laughs> <Again. I> mean, <laughs> one team on their game today, the other very <laughs> off. <laughs> you got to watch that because we might get copyrighted. <laughs> <laughs> they deserve that one. They've been in the different voice. <laughs> um... Yeah, surprised there was no hat tricks though. Seven different goal scorers. All right. <laughs> All right. I mean, stop, stop quoting FIFA before we get violated by you. Yeah. They don't have Alan Smith as commentator anymore. Is it is it quite a good move though right. for Man United to so, try and get some more consistency out of the other players? Because at the moment their only consistent player is Bruno Fernandez. I'd argue Luke Shaw's playing quite well at the moment. He got two assists. I've always he's rated been, him. He's been quite in, in the Southampton game. They have, but is it is, is that a good turning point for Man United? Well, he was quite good against Liverpool as well. I thought Luke Shaw. Um, other players in the team, I guess it's just kind of consistency in front of goal. If Rashford had consistency in front of goal. Up. They'd have beaten Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, we're going. <laughs> <laughs> they would have. They really would have. We'll I'll tell you what later. my take on the game is. Um, I'm actually very annoyed because before I was like, okay, mm-hmm. we're one point behind United and we have goal difference. And, you know, they just lost to Sheffield. And now 
it's like, okay, in one game, they went from minus nine goals on us to equal goal nine. difference. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we're, I mean, we've consistently kind of like, you know, <clears throat> grinded out those games and gotten some high scoring games. Granted, we lost to Aston Villa, like, you know, 7-2. Um, and that, that didn't do very well. But apart from that, you got to look at all of our results compared to theirs, and we would be winning like 3-1, 4-0 and stuff. And in one game, they just come in and scored nine goals against And against your youth academy as well. And, and the worst thing as well, though, is that I think Southampton just kind of gave up. Like, past 85 minutes, they conceded three goals, and they were just like... I've seen it before. I saw it with the youth first academy. semester, where they're just standing there. Let's check in with your club. What we say? <laughs> different position to where my big mouth spoke last podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> so when I, when I was um, when I was speaking during the Millwall game, we were winning, and when we switched off, we lost that game. <laughs> we then went to lose the other games that we uh, played afterwards. Um, nice. In our last six games, we've won one, drawn one, and lost four. Um, <laughs> So, rightly so, as of today, as of today, recording this today, um, Jason Tyndall has been sacked, um, which I makes sense. Um, I probably, I maybe wanted to give him a season or so because I know we're also in financial crisis at the moment. But Jonathan Woodgate has stepped in, the former Middlesbrough manager, um, who also didn't finish the season there. Um, oh, my God. Um, Rough. So we brought we brought in Jonathan Woodgate on the transfer deadline day, which is very convenient considering two days later John, uh, Jason Tinder was sacked. So I feel like this probably was on their minds beforehand. Um, but mm. yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how it swaps and how things turn around. Um, we're still in the FA Cup, which is good. Um, we're, I mean, it's it's looking unlikely for. Um, promotion not impossible mm. but automatic promotion is very very unlikely at the moment which is not really what we were looking for at the end at the start of the season obviously obviously last episode we were speaking about what we had envisioned for the future of the club jack i'm sure um fr- from the past recording you didn't really predict the manager to be sacked so considering there's a bit of uncertainty what what's your new objective because Promotion's looking shaky at the moment, and it's it's not been long. Yeah, it yeah. It, in a matter of a matter of maybe two weeks, it's just gone so downhill. Um, promotion's still possible, and I'd still like to aim for it. It just looks now it's more towards the side of maybe playoffs, <laughs> um, which is going to cause me a lot of anxiety. Um, but it's. I mean, we've made we've made some good signings, which we're we're going to get onto later. But um, I think it's possible to to head for it. I think we're currently in sort of a financial crisis at the moment. Um, so ideally, we'd like to get the TV revenue of being in the Premier League. But it might just be a case of we'll sit where we are for now in the Championship and maybe go up a season later. From a business point of view, that makes sense. But as a football fan, you want to be in the Premier League. So that's where I'd be aiming for. Yeah. Okay. Nice summary. So from a club in crisis to a club less in crisis, 
Owen, talk talk to me about Liverpool and their season so far. Uh, I mean, if we're talking the season so far as a whole, there's not really too much to shout about. Um, we've been like what knocked out of the uh, they knocked out of the FA Cup by United of all teams. Um, we actually that wasn't the FA Cup, was it? That was the um, the League Cup. Or am mm. I? No, I mean we've definitely been knocked out of all domestic tournaments. Um, we haven't actually. I, I was doing my research on this. We haven't actually played like a non Premier League team in in any of them for so long. Like it's maybe one or two in the last like five or six years. It's crazy. Um, but Klopp doesn't even care about them anyway. But I do, as a Liverpool fan, I do care about them. I like. I haven't seen us win the FA Cup yet, so I would like to see that. Um, aside from that, in the Premier League, we were doing okay, then amazing, then awful. And now, in the past week, we've kind of picked it back up. But we are in a very different kind of... Um, like even back in December. January has been a very rough month for the club. Because, um, yeah, we got knocked out of the FA Cup and uh, and also, you know, we got dethroned in, in the Premier League. So we, we came from, like, title defenders now to title challenges. Um, and I think City is seven points clear of us mm. with 16 games left to go. And so that's going to be a very steep hill to climb. And they also... Um, but they also haven't had the injury problems that we've had. Like we've had some serious. Our back line has been an absolute joke this season. It really has. Our injury problems from getting Van Dyke injured, which should have been a red card, by the way. Um, then to Joe Gomez, then to Massif had a knock, and then he had another knock, and he was out. Alexander Arnold was injured a couple of weeks ago, but he's back now. And so against. Um, <clears throat> Against West Ham, I think we had Jordan Henderson at centre-back. You did. You know? Uh, and we have Fabinho. We have our CDMs at centre-back. Um, and it's not even... It's no one's fault. It's like... It's just one of those football things. This season kind of has been a bit of a write-off, I think, for most fans. We've kind of gone under the assumption that we've lost not only our best centre-back and potentially best player, but also his partner and the backup. Mm. You know, um, and then Milner as well. He's been injured for a long time. You know, he he's usually Mister kind of utility, Mister reliable. He's been injured, so you know we we've got our new signings now, which I'll talk about uh, later when we get into that. But it's been a very just kind of almost a write off season in ways, even though we still are challenging for the title. And uh, if we do it, I think this would be more of an accomplishment if we were to win it this season based on the injury problems we've had. Yeah, so, I yeah. agree with that. I agree with that. So, again, same question I asked Jack, considering everything that's gone on, your injuries, the, the new signings, realistically, <laughs> what are you expecting short and sweet from the rest of the season? So, for the rest of the season, we're going to be pushing for, um, for obviously, we want to win yep. the league. Um, definitely top four. Absolutely top four. We, we want European football and I think we'll get it. <clears throat> um, however, again, overcoming a seven-point deficit um, against City is going to be tough. They are going to drop points. 
Like, there's no doubt about it. They will, at some point, drop points. Um, it just, I'd say that we could maybe afford losing one or two more games, I'd say. I don't think, there's seven points on us now. I don't think City's going to drop too, too many points. I think yep. they will drop at least seven points between now and the end of the season. Yep. So if we were to win all our games, I think we will win the league. The chances are we're also going to drop points by the end of the season. Well, if we beat them in our game against them, it's maybe it's a possibility. We we would have to beat them, and they just drop four points somewhere else. So it is possible, but it's it's a stretch. So aiming for first place, but I will take this season. You know, it it probably will be a Champions League season. Okay. Okay. Solid. Solid. Um. Similar Champions New Champions League objectives. Uh, you've brought in a new coach to try and um, achieve those Champions League objectives. Matcha, give me a little rounder. What, what's happening with Chelsea right now? Um, well, last season, Chelsea went into the season saying it's a transition season under Lampard. And I think a lot of fans, <laughs> myself included, kind of thought that meant that they were going to stick with the manager for a while. But as results weren't going too well between December and January. Uh, <laughs> history has repeated itself and Lampard's gone. Um, they transitioned him out. Yeah, basically. Yeah, they <laughs> it was a transition between managers, that's what they meant. Yeah. I mean, Lampard was a very convenient managerial appointment for Chelsea, I think. Um, going into the transfer ban, they knew fans weren't going to get on his back if they... Uh, uh, wouldn't get on the boards back if Chelsea's results weren't quite as good as they have been in the Abramovich era because it was a club legend in Lampard and, and I suppose mm. that kind of told and fans were still sticking with him after the sacking but um, it is what it is Tuchel's in now um, interesting brand of football we've seen so far from him <laughs> he's uh, very possession based which Chelsea definitely haven't been I mean a lot of people talk about Mourinho set in the identity of Chelsea early on. He brought this winning football, but it was very defensive. It was all about defend first, attack second. Tuchel's form of defence seems to be possession football, but it works. There's only four attempts against them in the uh, Wolves game, and then one attempt in the Burnley game, which came in the 94th minute in the corner, which was unbelievable. So very solid defensively from Chelsea all of a sudden. And somewhat good on the attack, bringing in Alonso again. Yeah, that that overall. Um, I I did see a stat. I think I sent it to our podcast group chat. Uh, yeah. I think you had like seventy one percent possession or something. Mm. I, I think so. Like you said, Tuchel's clearly starting to implement his brand of football. Um, again, we'll we'll only really see it taking effect towards the end of the season. Um, did. Did you do much business apart from in in the window? I mean, we'll uh, touch on it later, but... All of Chelsea's think... business in January was sales, really, uh, and loans. Okay, so so loans. Cool, nice. Yeah, there was as people <clears throat> loans out from Chelsea. Um, so, so so where do you think the like first few months of the Tuchel era it is going to end up? Mm. I'm hoping that it's a top four finish, I think. We're recording on the Wednesday before the Tottenham game. That's tomorrow. It's going to be... I think that'll show a lot how he sets up in the big games. Because um, 
he's supposedly a very a very tactical manager. He always sets his team up um, around the opponents rather than hoping that the same thing will work. It worked against Burnley, it worked against Tottenham. It, it just doesn't work like that. But I, I'm hoping that we get top four. We see top four finish from Chelsea. Okay, we're back. Sorry. Oh, yeah, out. something. That's a bit weird. Okay. Anyway. <coughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, you're you're hoping for top four, you're thinking? Yeah. Top four. Yeah, and the trophy would be nice. Yeah, yeah, that's... You, you're still in the FA Cup, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Got three past Luton. <laughs> Lampard's last game. So, Big yeah. up Luton. Captain's mount. Big up Luton. I'm a bit worried about Abraham, as we said. I know it's early days, but... He came off at half-time against Burnley. Mm. It didn't look very good. Mm. Which is a shame because his last game under Lampard, he got a hat-trick. Mm. Yeah, that that will be interesting because obviously uh, Lampard had the whole kind of vision of the, the young English homegrown players and you're bringing in Tuchel, he's got Havertz, he's got Werner. And that's not necessarily to say he's going to be their English, I'm not going to work with him. But I suppose... Mm-hmm. Abraham and Mounted, they bring a bit of familiarity to, to Tuchel. Um, so I, I, I don't know, this is me just kind of rambling on, but we will see. I, I'm quite excited. I've wanted to see Tuchel in the league for a while now. Um, was, I liked um, what he did. Do you think it was an impatient call? Because, like you said, it was supposed to be a transition era. But you look at other teams like Tottenham, who have had a transition period for about five years now. Do you think it's? Um, mm. Do you think it's it, it was an unpatient call to sack Lampard because, like you said, he's he's taking the time and working with the youth, like exactly what they wanted to build them up. And now Mason Mount, I mean, for me, he's an England starter. Yeah. Um, do you like that? That happened probably this season more than like just as much as last season. Do you think that would you have given him more time? Because you predicted this. Do you think it was the right call? I don't know. I. I think in hindsight, he shouldn't have come to Chelsea when he did. Lampard, it was too soon in his career. He'd done one year at Derby. Should have maybe followed John Terry where John Terry's doing five years at Villa, he said, and then he'll maybe look at going into management of a team further down the football pyramid, build his way up. But obviously I'd have loved the romanticism of Lampard being a great manager for Chelsea. Uh, Maybe Chelsea should have given him more time because of what he produced with the younger players and long term that's going to work out but then Chelsea isn't Tottenham as you said they've been in transition period for a while Chelsea is yeah. about getting results and as soon as top four appeared to come into jeopardy Chelsea did what they always do to get results which is sack the manager so I'm not surprised <laughs> they did it but I, I think I would have liked to have seen him stay on mm. But maybe that's just emotionally. I mean, I'd have liked to see him fail. Because yeah, a win can take you into fifth. So it's not out of the out of the question. It's so yeah. tight this season. Yeah, I, th- I think it was just the amount of teams between Chelsea and top four. And yeah. although you say that, um, Chelsea would go up to fifth with that win, but Tottenham have a game in hand and they'd be two points off Chelsea still. Um, Aston Villa have got two mm. games in hand. And if they win both of those, they'd go above Chelsea. So it, it's not as clear cut as it seems, but that's because a lot of teams have games in hand and that sort of thing. It, I, I yeah, think it's still. On I think Chelsea definitely can get top four. <clears throat> in terms of games in hand, yeah. especially like this season, like some teams are like mm-hmm. on nineteen games, others are on twenty-two. 
Yeah, I mean, Villa got hit. Uh, Villa had an outbreak, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, of course, course. Of of yeah. COVID nineteen, and I think when everyone else, I think they played at one point four games less than everyone else. Yeah. So they're still playing catch up, um, but that probably uh, will affect them though as well, like with fatigue. Yeah, yeah, of course, because uh, your, I was um. What, what one of the other things I watch? Uh, I was uh, listening to a podcast about MMA. And this uh, one UFC fighter, he'd contracted COVID and he was scheduled to fight, I think, two months afterwards. And he had to pull out because he said, my lungs just don't work properly. Yeah. I think the the damage and the amount of stress on your lungs is going to take, well, we don't know the long-term effects, obviously, but I think we're going to see people with a a few more breathing problems. Mm. Um, Talking about problems... Let's move on to Arsenal. I'm gonna. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna do this short and snappy. Overall, uh, since we last spoke on the podcast, again, we've gone on that decent. Uh, we've we've gone on a decent run. I think the United game that could have gone either way. United probably should have probably should have won due to the chances, but we were also giving them a bit of stress. The Wolves game. Uh, Oh, I'm I'm not mad. I think the team performance was good. It was the fact that Burnt Leno doesn't know where the line is where you can't pick up or touch the ball with your hand. And that did anyone see the David Luiz foul record mm. thing? I did not. It's a bit, like one. It's a bit soft. Oh, okay. So for context, Owen, look now. Imagine, uh, imagine someone's running. Right, running towards the goal, you're the defender running behind them. There, I, I would arguably say even the stud, the base of their boot, boot touches your knee as you're running. You're not going for a challenge. It's just you're running behind them. Their boot slightly touches your knee. The dude goes down. It's a penalty and it's a red card. Have a little look now. Oh, it's, man, that's rough. It's I think John Terry tweeted about it and I think he summed it up best. He said, Louise doesn't try to play the ball, but he also doesn't try to play the man. He's just running. Yeah, I saw that. I saw collision. that. So, mm-hmm. he's, he's literally running. He's literally running to catch up with him. That it, It's not a foul. It's not malicious. It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, it. how can you... You see some of the other challenges. Like, I, I saw a video on Twitter of Milivojevic for Palace. I, I forgot who they were playing last night. But Milo, Milivojevic literally stud ankle, cleaned this guy out, no foul. So I, I just want to take a look at, uh, look at, not games before, sorry, the games, games ahead, because obviously games have already been played. Everyone listens to this podcast and this podcast know that. So I want to look ahead. Um, match actually your match. Um, your next upcoming match that's tomorrow. Like we said previously, is are you away against Tottenham? Yeah, you're away. Yeah, it's an away uh, game. Tottenham versus Chelsea. That's that's got some big implementations. Both are thirty three points. Could go up to fifth if you win. Um, I, I'm going to leave it to you, Mister Chelsea expert. What, what's what's your take on this? It's going to be an interesting one. I have no idea how Tuchel is going to line up. I mean, I think he'll go with the sort of 3-4-3 when Chelsea are attacking system again. 
I think Hudson and Doy won't be the wing backs though. I think Reese James will come in. He's just a bit more defensively solid. But I think it'll be similar to the last time Chelsea and Tottenham met, which was a nil-nil. Chelsea have a lot of possession, but they didn't create too many chances. I'm hoping to see maybe Pulisic. To be fair, the front three I'd like to see Chelsea play is Werner, Pulisic and Hudson-Odoi because all three of those players have good movement off the ball and they can move the Tottenham defence and hopefully get some space in behind and create chances. So it's a somewhat entertaining game. Because mm. um, I, I don't see Tottenham creating much because Kane is meant to be out. Oh, Kane might be obviously, out, yeah. Obviously, I don't wish an injury on anyone, but fingers crossed he's not available. <laughs> of course, of course, yeah. They're just not the same team. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting fixture. It's his first big team in England. You know, Wolves and Burnley, obviously they're big clubs, but it's it's a big game. It's a big yeah. derby for Chelsea fans, especially, you know, it's Tottenham. Chelsea and Tottenham fans hate each other. There's been some feisty games in the past. I don't think Mourinho's going to like the fact that Lampard's been sacked. Partly because I think it, he, he could kind of play some mind games with Lampard, and as he obviously had an emotional connection with Lampard as a manager, and they got on. And also, I think he would have preferred to face Lampard's Chelsea, as they seemed a bit less organised defensively. And um, I mean, we always talk about this: the new manager brings sort of a bounce, don't they? The new manager mm, does kind of a uplift in the team's performances so hopefully that will bring come through in the Chelsea game and they'll be able to beat Tottenham yeah I mean my my standing from Arsenal fan I don't like Chelsea I don't like Tottenham but I prefer Chelsea to Tottenham mm. I, I think at the moment just because I prefer <coughs> their personnel mm. I, I just prefer the players on the pitch I don't like Chelsea as a club because I hate how Abramovich has run it and I hate how I'm not going to get <laughs> political I'm not going to get political but I just I just don't like how that there's a certain culture. I don't know if it's necessarily true, but there's a certain something that uneases me about mm. a, a very small minority of Chelsea fans. Because obviously, Matthew, you're a good friend of mine. You're a Chelsea fan. You're a good lad. Um, but Tottenham, I, I don't care if they get relegated to League One. <laughs> that, that would... I've I've gone off topic. Um, Owen. Is there anything that you're looking forward to in the next kind of week or so, match-wise? So, right now we're playing Brighton, obviously. Um, still nil-nil after two minutes. Nice. <laughs> no red cards, not like the Southampton game. Then. Red cards. Um, however, we have a very big week coming up. <clears throat> um, so, say between now and... Or at least, like, say this month, we have City after the oh, Brighton game. You do, you do, you do. Then we have RB Leipzig in the Champions League. <laughs> then we Champions have the Merseyside Derby. Champions League is back. Yeah. We well, have first hopefully. versus second. Uh, you know, oh, actually, no, it'd be first versus third, should I say? Don't, don't want to big myself up too much. First versus third, third versus fourth, Champions League, and then the Merseyside Derby. So this is going to be a very big month. This, I think this month could make or break our season. If we can win all of the games this month, then we will be four points off City. Um, we will have a head up in the Champions League. We'll, you know, put Everton to bed. I, I wouldn't expect that we're going to lose to them. Um, and we would, what about Leicester? I mean, you know, we just knock off any kind of attempts to 
we really solidify our chance at top four if we beat Leicester. Um, and also Everton as well, because they're, they're in fifth right now with uh, two games in hand. So, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much um, the, the aim is let's just win all of our games this month. It's going to be a big month, but especially now that we have um, our, our defenders in, uh, Kabak and Davies, we should start to look a little bit more defensively solid. Mm. And yeah, we just need to grind out some wins, to be honest. Okay, so it looks like it's going to be make or break season over in Merseyside and for Firmino's white teeth. Mm. Um, so if, if, if we just... You know, if we just hop down, down a level to the championship, and then we just swim a little bit down the table, Jack, is there anything that excites you? Um, is this for you? Want it for the championship or Premier League or just uh, anything generally? Uh, anything well, that you? Well, personally, um, Bournemouth Burnley, Burnley FA Cup. That should be a good game. Oh, um, cracker! United Everton. That's going to be a good game. That's on Saturday. But for me, this weekend. Norwich versus Swansea, first versus second in the championship. That's going to be an incredible game. Milner's just gone down injured. <laughs> <laughs> you can't write this. You can't write this. He's back. He's he's hopping around, but he looks is like he, he's pulled something. But he's he lost a leg. He's a tough cookie. He'll carry on. Matter make or breaks month. Yeah, he's he's looked like he's got something a little bit tight in his leg, but he's uh yeah he's carrying on so. Okay, going back to uh, Norwich, Norwich Swansea, Jack. Is, is there anything that you? So, what's what's the points uh, looking like in the championship? Norwich, Norwich are running away with it. They've got fifty-five points, and Swansea are second with fifty, but a game in hand. Um, so it, it could it could close the gap I realistically. Beg. But but for the rest of us, because Norwich are a fair bit ahead, I think the best case scenario is for Swansea to drop points. Yeah. Um, so the rest of us can catch up. Yeah. Um, but I, I think all round is going to be a very good game. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, yes, I just said very interesting three times. That's how interested I was. <laughs> um, so now going to arguably the highlight of every single football fan's year, twice a year this comes around, is the transfer window. So we've just had the transfer window. Wasn't the best transfer window. Uh, obviously... In, in terms of spending-wise, because, you know, COVID and financial hits. But I, I think to just do a little reflection on each of our clubs. Uh, Arsenal brought in a midfielder, Martin Erdegaard. <clears throat> you, you may have heard of him. Yeah, yeah. Wonder good. So um, I'm quite pleased about that. A year out Sociedad performed quite well. We've got rid of Erzo off the wages, although I'm sad to see him go. He's happy. The the club's bank's happy. Uh, we've got rid of a bunch of defenders, Mustafi, Socrates, Kalasanak. Um, we've got a couple of youngsters on loan, Maitland-Niles, who is 23, and yet he's 17. Um, we've also got Joe Willock out on loan. So overall, letting the players who need to go play, play, bringing in a couple players Matt Macy from Brighton um, which which I found quite interesting because I didn't see that coming gonna need mm. him but overall, for, off. Or let, let yeah him we will because that runner's been we going we will 
Good God, that was it the Carabao oh, he's Cup so against suspect. City. Oh my God, it was. He's so suspect. Like uh, apparently he was bad before we signed him, and yet we still decided to sign him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand that. I, I don't. It doesn't make any sense. On a positive side, though, is that another prediction our podcast have gotten right? But then you um, predicted Mustafi out. Last, I think last it podcast. is. Did I'm you predict? I think Ode- we should. Pre- Did you predict Odegaard in or no? I don't know. I'm going to have to go re-listen. But if that's if one of those is correct, we might have to rename this to the predictors. Yeah, mate. I, I, um, I'm pretty sure you predicted you wanted Mustafi out anyway. Um, yeah, I, I know that for a fact. I, I like the guy as a person. And I think he's had some good get. He had some good games for us, sorry, but overall it was riddled by big errors in big games. And at this level, you can't be having that. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. Chelsea match it. You don't really need to talk because you just did your lone FC thing. Yeah, there was a couple of loans out. Um, hasn't played yet for the team. He's nice, got to in Turkey, nice, he's nice. Gone. Hey, he gets a holiday. Um. Owen, Liverpool, two centre-backs and Minamino has been loaned out. Talk to me about that. So Minamino, um, I'm quite surprised actually that he's been loaned out and we haven't, like Shakiri and Origi are still with us. Actually, I think they're playing this game. Shakiri's playing this game. Um, so I guess Klopp might have a plan for Shakiri. But Minamino has Development. been um, <clears throat> dropped. I think it's because Minamino is not going to get the time in our team, but he might get the time at Southampton. Um, and mm. so they just want to get him like used to the Premier League. Uh, that's probably why we've done it. And as for the two centre backs that we brought in, good because we needed them. Um, Klopp does good with kind of like everyone's oh, like, what were you going to do with Ben Davies? Um, you know, what were we going to do with Andy Robertson? You know, he, he got relegated. <laughs> what are we going to do with you know some of the other players that we have? We kind of, I, I mean, sometimes we will buy established stars and stuff, but sometimes we do make them. Um, you know, so for every uh, kind of Tiago we buy, we'll kind of grow a uh, an Andy Robertson, you know, and and I'm quite excited. We got Kabak as well, who's from Schalke, and he was born in the year 2000. <laughs> and so first team kind of Liverpool players are getting slowly closer <laughs> to my age, and it's kind of scary. Obviously, we got Harvey Elliott yeah. out last transfer window to. Uh, to Blackburn and he's doing very well apparently and he's had a handful of assists and uh, and goals but yeah we, we're doing quite well uh, for our transfer I mean especially for a COVID transfer window I think we've done alright yeah yeah I mean, I mean obviously we've all we've all kind of had stable transfer windows but Jack I'm most interested in you guys you've you, you've uh, signed signed another did you sign him from Preston Ben Pearson from yeah, Preston, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah who Pearson. I I honestly know nothing about. Um, excited to see him play. Um, mm. I've heard that he is in the same way we've got Jefferson Lerma. He's prone to a red. Uh, nice, <laughs> love that. Which you know, it's it's going to be interesting. Having I hope we don't play them both at the same time. Um, we've uh, deadline day. We signed Shane Long on loan for the rest of the season, which can't be a bad thing. Um, natural goal scorer and the one we did a few weeks ago Jack Wilshere signed for us and he hasn't, oh, yeah. he, he hasn't done too much lately I mean he scored but um, he scored he hasn't done 
it's it's kind of making that shift between um, building, bringing out that creativity in the midfield, which I'm hoping he can sort of um, rub off on uh, Lewis Cook because Lewis Cook has got some amazing like um, through balls and uh, over the top and all this kind of stuff. But Jack Wilshere, would, I hope, is going to sort of like mentor him and sh- shape him into probably a similar thing to Jack in his prime. Um, mm. But the most important, like we've we've got rid of a, a lot of players, um, which is kind of the the big point of our window. Because, um, like I said, our fi- financial status isn't great. Um, we some young players, quite a lot of our young players have gone. Um, Josh King went to Everton, which is a good move for him. Um, mm. But the biggest thing is we're low on centre backs, and we got rid of our start one of our starting centre backs, um, Jack Simpson, to Rangers, which. Um, he wasn't. He wasn't great. He wasn't ready for the Premier League by any means. But it was a. It was a centre back which we don't have a lot of, especially when. Um, I mean, it's not going to matter too much now. But Jason Tindall got rid of him, knowing that he plays five at the back. So, um, obviously, maybe Jonathan Woodgate will change a formation. I hope so because we don't have the centre backs to do that. But probably the big transition is the loss of our players as opposed to. Because Jack Wilshere has not done a lot at the moment. I don't know a lot about Ben Pearson, so I can't really comment. And it's going to be interesting to see how much Shane Long plays, considering how much Bournemouth seem to love Dominic Solanke whilst he's got double figures goals this season. Yeah. Mm. All right. Um, I think segue into uh, the, the last... Last bit of our uh, episode today. Apologies if it seems we're go we're going quite quickly. We've had multiple technical oh. <laughs> difficulties, um, and, and it's it's been quite frustrating. But something a bit different. I think hot takes. So this is where you bring your spiciest, the hottest, the most controversial idea in your brain that you can generate about football, and to go to the most controversial man in. The world matcher. Mm-hmm. What is your hot take? Because you said off cam, off, uh, off recording. Sorry that that you had something that you might might not want to say. Um, well, it's just Lampard's sacking. Um, there was a lot of talk that it was over disagreements with Maria Granovskaya, who controls a lot of the transfers, and there was two names that apparently he was pestering her about, which eventually apparently made her quite annoyed and led to the sacking. Uh, and those names were James Tarkovsky and Declan Rice. And the Declan Rice one still confuses me because apparently Lampard wanted him as a centre-back. But I think Chelsea already have someone in the ranks that is going to exceed Rice, and that's Ethan Ampadu. So my hot take is Ampadu is better, will be better than Rice. I don't want to say he is currently, but he's going to be better than Rice in two years. Interesting. <laughs> Trying to, trying to wrap my head around that. He's been playing well for Sheffield. I thought he was really good in the United game when they won. Mm. I, I think he's going to be a really good player for Chelsea. Mainly as a centre-back, I think. But yeah. Okay, Owen. Okay. Um, I don't know if this one's been said on the, punk, uh, on the, on the podcast before, right? Um, and if not, I would hope that it's quite zesty. I think... That Sheffield United are going to survive. 
Um, I think they're going to survive relegation. I think they'll stay. I think Newcastle's going to go down and Sheffield's going to stay up. <clears throat> I, I kind of agree um, with you. They, yeah, they've not been bad this Here's season. The thing. Like, they've not been battered by anyone. They just they, they don't win. A bunch of one nils. Right. And yes, they're on yeah. 11 points, but they're also 11 off of Newcastle and they have to play them again. In their last five games, they've won they're three. Also- Including one against uh, Man United. I think that they've kind of finally mm. kicked it into gear. They beat West Brom the other day. They lost to City 1-0. Um, you know, most of their results are just like, I don't know, 1-0 losses. And here's the thing about Newcastle, right? And I, I researched this before. Um, they, where is it? Where's my little note on Newcastle? I have made notes. Oh, he's made notes. He's okay. Newcastle have got to play him again. So if they beat them, that'll be eight points. So that's three wins over Newcastle between the end of the season. Newcastle have won one of their last, um, I, I want to say 13 games. Their last win at home was in like early December or something. And since then they've played countless games. I mean, they played a lot of games and they, they have not, they haven't been winning. Um, whereas Sheffield, they've won three of their last five. I think that they, I mean they were almost challenging for um for Champions League last season when when City got like kind of uh, yeeted. I think they're going to survive. I think that Fulham's and West Brom and uh, I mean Newcastle or Burnley, but I would probably say Newcastle are going to go down. I'm going to say West Brom. Eleven points in like sixteen games is doable to overcome as long as they keep on grinding out results. Mm. Okay. It's not... I, I yeah. can arrest about that. All right. All right. Um, I, I'm going to go with mine and then Jack, we'll, we'll, we'll go to yours uh, before, before we finish. This is about a player, mm. not a club. Wilfred Zaha, all right? Obviously, I... I think he is probably one of the most overrated Premier League players I've heard of in the last five years. Like I, I know he can dribble and I know he brings an attacking threat to Crystal Palace, but I think the only reason that he looks so good is because he's the only player that has a bit of competent oh. attack in that Palace because where where are the rest of the <laughs> goals coming from, or their threat? <laughs> uh, like he, uh, I think the the price tag that Palace are demanding is stupid for the output. And I know it's not all about like I know players do things like they have are really good and they don't have great stats about goals and assists. But when he is the focal point of one team, that is Crystal Palace. When he's their go-to star player. I just don't think he turns up enough. I, I think he turns up maybe five times a season, does a little roulette around a famous player, and then football Twitter loses their mind and says he's the best thing since sliced cheese on sliced bread. Sliced cheese on sliced bread. <laughs> Any feedback? Um, have you heard the way Liverpool fans talk about Thiago? 
Ooh. I haven't said anything. I don't think I've actually. <laughs> no, you haven't. In fairness, Ryan, you haven't said anything about him. No, I, I want to see him prove that. himself. He hasn't proved himself yet. But to be fair, yeah. he has been injured for like half the time he's been with us. Yeah, I'm joking. Yeah, I don't I'm joking slightly. Yeah, well, some of them, some of them do think. I think it's because he's one of the biggest signings we've ever like done in the last ten years. Again, most of the time we do yeah, kind of like smaller players. It's quite cheap. Um, so I think they're just excited mm. for him, but. Yeah, he hasn't impressed me so far yet. Mm. About Zaha, though, I think, in my opinion, if you take him out of the Crystal Palace team, there's no way they're Premier League quality. That's how I see it. I um, I he just is that. Every team needs that flair player who just can create nothing, something mm. out of nothing. And although it might be as consistent as you want it, it's important to have that player on the pitch. But yeah, I, I agree. I agree that he's important and I agree he adds something to him. I just think he's a bit over I can kind of agree with both of you there. I, I, I think he, he, he's a good player, but I just think the hype behind him, this whole, he's worth 70 million, he's worth 60 million. And I know the climate's a bit mad with prices. Especially with a lower end club. Yeah, yeah. But you can, you can go get an academy player out of somewhere and they can put up numbers that may be not too dissimilar. Brooks. Yeah. Brooks, for example. I would say I would say he's not far off what Zaha is producing. I'm not saying he's as good as Zaha, but what Zaha is producing is not up to the level that Crystal Palace and the market and what a majority of fans, I think, are saying how good he is. If he is that good as... If he's as good as people say, I feel personally he should be producing more on the pitch. I think, yeah, I sort of get that. I think a couple of seasons, a couple of seasons ago, he was he was like, the oh yeah, he was the back. Palace was like the Grealish of Aston Villa, which now you can't compare the two. Mm. Um, yeah, he was a man. Back yeah. In the- yeah, maybe it's the test of time. Maybe he's just downgraded. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not really watching <laughs> a lot of Crystal Palace football at the moment, yeah. but. <laughs> I mean, th- th- this is not an attack on Crystal uh, on on Zaha at all. I think him as an individual. I've I've seen a few interviews he's done with like just BBC in case he and Sky Sports and BT, and just wait. just in case he hears. No, just, I just like him, we always we always like to cover our bases. Yeah, we do. No, Zaha generally. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Only the OGs know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zaha, if you listen to this, I like you a lot more than Brian Fraser. Is what I'm trying to say. Oh, um, but but Ryan Fraser, that's no disrespect yeah, yeah, to you. We love you, Ryan Fraser. Now, 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 now we've ridiculed him. We have ridiculed him <laughs> since He's day one of the pod. Let's be what consistent, is. okay? Let's be consistent. <laughs> anyway, Jack, swooping into your hot take to cap off the Ryan Fraser abuse. <laughs> Um, I mean, this is my hot take, but how good's Callum Wilson been for Newcastle? I don't know. Not great. Quite good. <laughs> Not great. I don't know. He's been a mixed bag. I don't know if he's good or he just finds random opportunities. That's that's him. I, I think he is quite um, good. I think he is quite good. Or maybe he's, he's good for finding yeah, those opportunities. Ooh, I think without his him. positional play is great, but he just needs the he just needs the distribution, which I don't think he's getting. Yeah, without him, they'd definitely be going down Newcastle. He gives them a fighting chance, I think. I yeah, I think he's I think he's mm. good. I, I race him. 
Um, only thing is, again, Newcastle have not been winning recently. So, mm. uh, yeah. Um, my my hot take is that Everton um, get is going to <laughs> oh shit <laughs> get Champions First League football all. along with oh. uh, City United and Liverpool Brian and Everton. Or you, Everton's going to get Champions League. Yeah, I think the Champions League top four is going to be City, United, Liverpool and Everton. Not in that order. I think that's going to be my top you four. You do know Everton just lost to um, Newcastle. See <laughs> 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 him. Callum Wilson scored twice. <laughs> but they're currently playing now 2-0 up. Two one, actually, them. They've got two games in hand. Leeds have just scored, mate. Literally. Have they just Leeds scored? Leeds have just scored, yeah. Yeah, it's, Ali it's, he's it from about 40 <laughs> yards. I don't know. I was just generating that. Jack, just generating I think that, that takes too hard, um, mate. But that brings... Uh, that, that brings me to my next point, is um, which is oh. the real hot take, because I think it's so competitive now. The um, England top six that's renowned, do you think that's changed in the past no. year or two? Yeah. Yes. What would you, what would you have your top six as? Okay, I have two. I have two top sixes. I have the traditional top six, who are the clubs who have been established and have been achieving things for years. So that's the clubs we all know. Um, that's the sad, sad as I as I am to say it. That's City, United, Liverpool, Chelsea. Chelsea. Wait, City, United, Liverpool, Chelsea. I had to count then. <laughs> Tottenham and Arsenal. Mm. But on current form, I'm thinking at the moment, Leicester have crept up. Um, and I think at the moment, it's a war between Everton and Wolves and Arsenal as to who drops oh, yeah, in and who goes, point, who goes up. And that's coming as an Arsenal fan because our performances at these last few seasons have been 7th, 6th, 6th. At seventh, eighth positions. Uh, so yeah, I- I'm saying Arsenal, Everton, and Leicester and Wolves are interchangeable. I don't know if I agree with that to be honest, though, because I would say right as much as the top six means like maybe the top six positions in the Premier League. When was the last time? I guess Leicester won in their season. Was it fifteen sixteen? Mm. And Wolves haven't won mm. anything. Whereas Arsenal will consistently win uh, FA. An FA Cup, an FA Cup, like mm. yeah, yeah. They'll win the Like that's kind of Arsenal scene these days. Mm. And although they well, I'd say you take well Tottenham in the yeah. league, and they do Leicester. well on, uh, in the um, Europa League as well. Sometimes <laughs> when they when they qualify. <laughs> um, so <laughs> yeah, they made the final a couple of years ago. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, I remember that final very and then they lost. <laughs> um So yeah, I would still say that the top six is a traditional but you might want to even put Leicester in there and make it a, a top seven or put uh, but but by that by that logic like Matt said Tottenham yeah but they, they Sorry, the consistently I don't count the, the uh, is what I'd say they consistently <laughs> get in top six so are we going interesting I think Wolves was an interesting shout because mm. weren't they in the they're in the championship like three years ago mm. actually scrap that I'm not using my brain um, but also, I would say it's less of a top six and a top two than the rest. <laughs> yeah, it's it's becoming a bit like the Bundesliga. Yeah. 
Yes, top two in the rest. That's what we're going to call it. Even even though you're uh, We are yes. third. Yep. What was that? Now, this is what I like about the uh, fourth. Yeah, we are fourth like... right now. Um, but once we beat Brighton, we will be in third. And United's not staying. Don't get caught. Yeah. You beat Brighton. That's what Tottenham said. Up. It... Be careful because I said that last <laughs> podcast. It's all, it's all <laughs> games until Neil Mope kicks your goalkeeper oh, mate, in the once face. <laughs> once um... he says that, I'm going to cheat. I'm get relegated. But it's a Brighton. I like Brighton, obviously. I'm a, I don't know. They're my local club. Um you went to uni, they they're not, not your local club. club. I lived two minutes down from the Annex. Your local club you're is Belgrave Rovers, mate. Uh, Belgrave Wanderers. You're a renter fan. You're a renter fan. I've been a Liverpool fan for years. I'm just saying. I meant Brighton. You're a Brighton I, I just renter have, fan. I like them because I, I live right by the stadium. You know? Okay. Anyways, before this gets too heated <laughs> and before the few listeners from United States and the one dude from Singapore <laughs> switches off. Um, is there anything you want to say to conclude the podcast, Jack? Um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, match up. <laughs> That's a no. Oh, my Singapore fans. <laughs> my jeez. <laughs> That's all I want to say. And with that, we're going to storm down the tunnel and go cry in the changing rooms. Thank you. This has been the most random episode of the Kickabout Kick podcast. Owen, thank you for accepting our invitation to come on. Anytime you want, let me know. Uh, uh, I don't know if Jack's going to say anything. Jack, are you going to say anything? Um, I, I hope that after this podcast, things turn around for both Chelsea well, and Bournemouth. What about Liverpool? And Liverpool. Arsenal. Go ahead. Why not? No, no, no one cares. No one cares. You <laughs> shut up. I hope we've broken the hex. I hope we win. Yes. Okay. okay with that <laughs> conclusion, it's quarter to nine. I still haven't had my tea yet. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank Bye. Bye. <you. laughs>